over the next three or four years, we created a handful of monsters that were actually designed to put ourselves out of business in the sense that we wanted to learn how to do it so we would know how others were going to do it. So um, happy to have on today, Dave Bruno. Welcome, Dave. Hey, Josh. It's great to be here. Dave is the founder of Red Planet Ventures and the former head of Global Wealth Management Innovation at UBS. And Dave, why don't we uh, just give people a little bit of context on your background and kind of um, what uh, what you did previously and, and what prompted you to, to start Red Planet? Yeah, I'm like a lot of uh, Gen Xers, you know, I worked at corporations for most of my career and all the way through the banking industry. So I started at PwC, then I worked at Credit Suisse, and then finally at UBS, and in different jobs, which taught me all the sides of the banking, from front office and middle office sales and operations into the back office, actual you know booking transactions and, and global responsibility for things. So by doing that, you know I think it's very similar to uh, you know folks here in, in the U.S. I just did it in an international context. You learn the entire end-to-end -end process of what it takes to run a big company. And, and so in your um, role as uh, head of wealth management innovation, you know, in the time frame you're describing, you, you must have seen the rise of fintech and tried to figure out, you know, uh, strategies as to how to either maybe combat that in some places or or embrace it in other places. And so can, can you maybe provide a little bit of perspective and and you know, it might be a long answer, but, you know, this is the InsureTech Leadership Podcast, so maybe it segues a bit into, you know, sort of what, what are the lessons learned from fintech that, that you know, you're seeing in, in terms of the coming wave of InsureTech? You know, in banking, basically by 2010, we knew things were going to change. I was operating, a, you know, 60-person organization in a back office function. And even from there, I could see that everything was about to change because peer-to-peer -peer lending and neo-banking and, and all the first pieces of fintech had just really kicked off. And in particular for UBS, it was about wealth management. So back at the time, it was it was Motif and uh, you know Betterment and, and, and some of these things hadn't even launched yet, but their predecessors had. And so we were looking very carefully at that. And I called up the chief of staff from the president's office and said, hey, what are we doing about this? And that level of interest was already enough to get me over there for, you know, kind of a talk. And that talk kind of revealed that what we had been doing in the back office at UBS was directly applicable to the front. And so we were able to kind of start rolling out new services. So I spent a few years helping develop the strategy and looking at the market of what was nascent or early stage fintech. And from that, by 2013, we were working on a digital strategy. And I was helping lead that strategy. And by 14, I actually opened our first innovation lab in Zurich. And in the years after that, we opened follow-on labs focused on blockchain in London, design thinking in Singapore, Hong Kong. And so we really expanded our footprint and began to become a thought leader rather than just a follower of what was happening in fintech. You know, when you look at in insurance and, and, and maybe, you know, it, it you know, it's got a 150 year plus history, um, you know, in the U.S. and and the way some of the carriers 
maybe look at innovation. Are there are there any parallels there in 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 in, in terms of mindset, or or am I making too big a, a leap there? Oh, it's absolutely the same umbrella. So fintech, in my mind, still means insure tech as well. So in banking specifically, which is where I was, there's more than a 200 year tradition at UBS and some of the other companies. So the the legacy is about the same. And and you know a lot of the operations are coded around you know 1970s 1980s architecture, and they're still trying to transform that into a digital company. Um, so there's there's a lot of parallels between the two. But if you look at it, there's a huge difference between the uh, state of getting towards zero marginal cost after 15 years of fintech versus what I can see in insurtech. So in banking, we're not at zero marginal cost, but prices have come down for the end consumer. So I basically pay zero for banking today. And I have seven, eight banking relationships, right? In fact, the banks pay me because I'll sign up for a new account to grab the $500 bonus. And so on a net basis, the banks actually pay me to bank with them. Whereas with insurance, it's the biggest single cash flow outflow that I have today from homeowners, automotive, healthcare, dental insurance, object protection, it's still a huge pain for the end consumer. And that's why I think there is an enormous uh, potential for InsureTech. And so having you know, seen the, the evolution in, in banking, uh, you know, had the opportunity to be on the front end of that in an uh, innovation role, you know, are there specific sort of lessons learned? Are there specific themes you're seeing shaping up in InsureTech? Well, yeah, if you look at the way that banking evolved, you know, it started with peer-to-peer and basic trading apps, but it moved over the years into every aspect, every inch of the value chain of banking, whether wealth management, asset management, um, you know, core retail banking, digital online banking, trading, it all changed around, you know, digital strategies. And insurance is similar in the way that it's varied. So you have commercial lines, you have personal lines, you have health lines, et cetera. But basically, we had this saying in banking that we think digital banking is 1% done. That was a, that was a term bank uh, coined in London um, by a podcast that I, I was friendly with. And, and we use that all the time at UBS. And similarly, I think InsureTech is sort of half a percent done in the year 2021. Um, you know, so there's one lemonade. In FinTech, there's 200 lemonades. At this point, from Stripe to Plaids to Currents to across the last 15 years, there's been multiple, you know, 50, 100 million uh, billion dollar unicorns created that have, you know, hundreds of thousands of end consumers using them on a daily basis. And we only got one lemonade, basically, and a couple other chasers. Right. So there's 199 more lemonades to be created in the next decade. And that's my interest is to see that happen. And and so if you were, you know, starting an insure tech or or maybe um, running a lab within a large organization and 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 maybe looking at creating an in, inside sort of internally competitive brand or offering, um, do do you have a particular model you would use or or a particular uh, you know structure you would think about? Yeah, I think insurers need to think about creating monsters, right? We had a specific mission. I worked directly for the president, 
right? And that mission, that freedom gave us the ability to do things that the rest of the company couldn't do. The first day we opened the lab, we moved in MacBooks, got rid of the traditional infrastructure, put in our own Wi-Fi, opened up the doors, took off the locks, you know, opened ourselves up to the outside world and started calling Silicon Valley. We started calling Tel Aviv. We started working with the startups actively on what we could attack in the organization. So instead of trying to comply with the immune system, we attacked it. And that is what you call the skunk works. So that was one basis on which you can actually get your company farther. And why I say monsters is over the next three or four years, we created a handful of monsters that were actually designed to put ourselves out of business in the sense that we wanted to learn how to do it so we would know how others were going to do it. And then we could basically create that new digital offering ourselves rather than be controlled by the outside market. And um, and and so are there are there any other you know themes around InsureTech or other things that we haven't covered thus far that um, you you you've observed or or you want to share? Yeah, uh, there's there's something that you do in a lab, any good lab that it's called called theses. Um, just like a venture capitalist would. So you're going to develop four theses, and one that we're developing now is around super agency. So what we see is that the insurance agency business is somewhat similar. Like there's a, there's a high correlation to financial advisory and wealth advisory. There's also a high correlation to uh, real estate agents and what they do as a living. All of the financial components of your life, insurance being a super awful one actually from a personal perspective, those are all going to collapse, I think, in the future as zero marginal cost puts pressure and nature happens. It will collapse all of those. And again, I'm speaking as a futurist. I mean, that was my job is to be a futurist and figure out how to make that future, right? What we'll see is compression of margins, and you'll see that these things start to meld and lines become more and more blurred. And what's happened in fintech is in the later years, you know, cryptocurrencies came up and other things which are way outside the model and come back in as a truly, you know, kind of disruptive technology. So, you know, if AI is kind of a serving technology right now, it may become a disruptive one if people figure out what to do with it in the future. So I would watch those spaces. So in the thesis is that, you know, insurance is gonna get bundled with other things in those who are really good at connecting with customers. The Amazon of financial services has not been created yet. Mm-hmm. Ping on is probably the closest to it because they've got a large captive market in, you know, Chinese speaking places in the world. But um, in terms of GAFA, you know, the Western companies, we're not even close. So there's a lot for entrepreneurs to do. So you said before that you consider, you know, insured tech to just be another branch of, of uh, FinTech. And so, you know, obviously there's, you know, payments tech and you're talking about crypto crypto and blockchain and other things like that that are considered segments of of fintech so you know i think there's people in the insurance industry who would say well we're different and you know so insure tech is different than fintech uh, you know what, what would you say to that i would say take a look at henrique and brex um you know you've got a 14 year old ios developer who basically jailbreaks the first documented case in an iphone in brazil in whatever the year was, 2015 or whatever it was, right? So Henrique goes on to launch Brex. Brex is now a double unicorn. So it's a $2 billion company. And it does one thing really simply and really well and really digitally. I use it for my business. 
this is the way that it happens. So insurers saying that they are or are not part of fintech is really irrelevant. The way venture capitalists see it is relevant because they fund the future development of the industry and they attack the core industries and make them more efficient. Venture capitalists see it all as one thing because that's the way consumers see it. They think about direct-to-consumer plays. Where's the consumer at? Their financial life right now is getting better from a banking perspective. They've got many more alternatives. Things are getting easier, whether it's Credit Karma to help manage your credit score or you know, just being able to use a neobank or having a zero-fee credit card that works online and virtual cards. It's all getting better incrementally over time. Whereas in insurance, that, doesn't, that impact isn't even there yet. So I think it doesn't matter whether it's fintech or not. The same process is coming. All right, great. So um, is there anything else that we have not covered today that um, you know, you'd like to share or anything else um, important that, that, that you'd like to comment on? Just a call to you know, the folks in Iowa and Connecticut in insurance. Do not feel intimidated by this. Embrace it. Embrace the change that nature will bring if you've got 25 years in insurance. I mean, I had 20 years in banking and I helped try to create the future of the industry rather than sit complacent. Um, what happens is, you know, people are kind of, they become a, a zoo tiger. They become complacent. You feed them every day and all of a sudden they're accustomed to getting fed and it's a salary and pensions comfortable. But those same people can still go out in the wild and survive if you give them the tools and abilities to do it. So I would say insurers and particularly the carriers, um, but especially the reinsurers, light up teams, do skunk works and try new creative things. Don't just chuck PR money at an accelerator. Go try yourself to create new business models because your people actually know what to do. You just need to go ask them. All right, great. Well, um... Dave, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, again, it's Dave Bruno. He's the founder of Red Planet Ventures and very much appreciate having you on. Thanks very much.